When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, as we all know, nothing lasts forever. And it's especially true with our botanicals. Now, those of us who play with botanical method, you know, blackwater or brackish aquariums, find out in the earliest stages that each aquarium moves at its own pace. Each one establishes itself, evolves, and matures differently than any other one. There is a real pace, a process to what occurs when botanical materials are utilized in our aquariums. And a good part of it is dictated by the natural degradation, the change, and the decomposition of the materials that we utilize in our tanks. From the minute you prepare a leaf, a seed pod, a stem, or any other botanical material for use in the aquarium, it starts to soften and break down. It's definitely the embodiment of ephemeral. The process of, you know, the processes of, of, of hot water steeping, boiling, or prolonged soaking start to soften the outer tissues of leaves or seed pods. They release bound up surface pollutants and begin the gradual, inevitable, and really irreversible process of breaking them down at a pace which nature determines. As the botanical materials break down, more and more compounds, tannins, humic substances, lignin, bound up organic matter, etc., begin leaching into the water column in your aquarium, influencing the water chemistry and overall environment. Some botanicals, like leaves, for example, break down within a few weeks, needing replacement if you wish to maintain the tint level of the water or the aesthetics that you've started to achieve in your aquarium. Others last a much longer time, like seed pods, for example. Knowing when or if to replace or add to them is sort of a subjective call, at least initially. Once you get used to working with them in your aquariums, you may be able to notice parameter changes, for example, pH increases, TDS changes, or other environmental water chem indicators or phenomenon which can clue you in that it's time to replace them. On the other hand, many types of seed pods and other botanicals will much, you know, last a much longer time, perhaps even months. And they may not impart all of their tannins and substances that are inside, bound up inside anyway, as quickly as, say, leaves, simply because the very structure is different than the softer, thinner leaves. Many of these items will hold their form for a very long period of time, yet may not be releasing quite as much tannins or humic substances as they were perhaps initially. When do you replace these things? Do you replace these things? Do you add to them? Well, again, it's sort of a judgment call. Uh, it's as much of an instinct as an art and an art as it is a science. Without the ability to measure the levels of the specific substances that botanical items are imparting into your tank, and quite frankly, knowing just what they are and what is considered normal for this aquarium type, it's really about nuancing it, isn't it? Like so many other things in this hobby, you sort of have to take a best guess or go with your instincts. That's where we're at right now. I know it's hardly the precise scientific boilerplate advice that some of us might like about how to start and manage a botanical method aquarium, but that's the reality of this kind of tank at this point in time. It's not like, you know, for example, a reef tank where you can purchase a 
detailed chemical uh, ICP OES test and run 32 different components and establish a baseline for uh, trace elements and so forth and measure any deviations from them. It's been analyzed thoroughly. No, our situation is more about nuance, observation, feel, finesse. Obviously, you know, when you're running one of these types of systems, you need to obey all the common best practices of aquarium management in terms of nitrogen cycle management, water quality testing, nutrient export, all that stuff. In a botanical method, blackwater or brackish aquarium, uh, you just have to do what you've been doing for years. However, you also have to apply a healthy dose of that the previously referenced emotional element into your regimen as well, going with your gut. You need to keep yourself in check too. Remember, anything you add to an aquarium, wood, sand, botanicals, and of course, livestock is part of the bio load and it will impact the function and the environment of your aquarium. That's a foundational, really important thing to understand. I see a lot of new botanical vendors, you know, getting into this game, which is super cool. And they're just sort of peddling the look without even discussing the very real biological and functional considerations that come with working with botanicals in an aquarium. I'm very happy that some of my friends like Ben at Beta Botanicals and James at Blackwater UK spend as much time as I do obsessing over educating you about what goes on in your tanks and training you to observe this stuff. It's really important. I, I worry that some people don't. And, you know, anybody can sell you leaves, but it, not everybody can give you all this information. And it's important to listen and study and learn. There's way more to this. Now, I guess that'll still fall on, you know, my company, Ben's company and James's company to, to you know, be top of mind when it comes to giving people information. And we're proud to do that. But we can discuss the practice as much as we need to share the cool picks. We'll continue to do both. And we're actually happy to oblige. Now, botanical method aquariums embody the art of observation and study. Much like managing any type of aquarium, the successful botanical method aquarium is about understanding a balance, a sort of a quantity, a cadence for adding stuff so that the closed environment of your aquarium can assimilate these new materials and the, the bacteria, the fungi, and the other microorganisms which serve to assimilate the bioload and break them down can adjust. Rapid, dramatic environmental shifts are never a good thing for any type of aquarium. And in a system like we run with lots of organic material present, it's just as susceptible to insults from big moves as any other, perhaps even more. Again, I worry about, you know, that, that, that as the idea, the look becomes more and more popular, people will sort of jump into this game without understanding that there's a consideration for everything we do, for everything that we add, and that it influences and affects our fish's lives. We've been talking about this now since 2015, but with more visibility and more people getting into the game, there's more chances that people are going to screw stuff up and kill their fishes and say, oh, this doesn't work and this is a dumb idea. You got to study people. It's important. I know most of you regular listeners of the tent already know that, but people that you know that are just sort of getting into this maybe don't. They haven't thought it through. And it's sort of all of our responsibility to tell them, hey, there's a little more to this than just a pretty picture. The real key here is that pace and an understanding that the materials that we add needed to be added and replaced at a pace that makes sense for your specific system. And understanding that you'll have a sort of a front row seat to natural processes of, you know, decomposition, transformation, decay, and accepting that they're all part of the beauty of the style aquarium, just like they are in nature, where water is seldom crystal clear and the surroundings are almost never perfectly arranged. Those of us who've been maintaining these tanks for some time now really get this and understand the way water and botanicals interact and have a sort of a feel for how our tanks run in this fashion. Again, there's no plug and play formula to follow here. Only procedure, only recommendations for how to approach things. 
And many of them are grounded in basic husbandry and the ability to, you know, keep control of our human instincts to be impatient or make, you know, rash adjustments. It's a mindset shift. We sound a lot like the proverbial broken record, I know. But like many things in aquarium keeping, our best practices are few, they're simple, and they need to be, you know, repeated until they sort of become habit. And really, they're like this. You know, prepare all your botanicals before you add them to your aquarium. Add the materials slowly and gradually, assessing the impact on your aquarium environments and your inhabitants. And then you either remove these materials as they break down, if that's your thing, your aesthetic preference, or replace them when they reach a point where they're no longer providing the aesthetic or environmental conditions that you desire, or just leave them in to fully mineralize. And of course, above all, observe your aquarium continuously. Other than that, most of our best practices are the same thing you've been doing your entire fish career, you know, changing water, occasionally doing pH and, you know, nitrate and um, tests and stuff like that. Nothing that crazy, changing your cleaning up your filter media, etc. water exchanges. If you noticed the first practice that we talked about is simply logical, you need to employ it. If there were ever a hard and fast rule, and I hate the word rule in the botanical game, this would be it. It makes sense in the closed confines of an aquarium to just, you know, not to just toss something in without at least cleaning it in some way. Number two is about the pace, the real secret sauce, if you will, that sort of sets up everything else. There's simply no need to rush this process. It's inherently dangerous to do so, and it also takes away some of the romance and the fun. And by observing and assessing, you're going to get a real feel for how botanicals work in your aquarium. And number three is the real finesse part of the aquarium. Number three was, uh, for, to refresh your memory, is you know removing things and taking them out, removing things, adding to them, etc. That's the real finesse part. And um, the nuance, that subtle yet noticeable adjustment or correction that you might want to make to keep things moving along nominally, sort of like pruning in a planted tank or trimming your corals in a reef aquarium or cultivating a backyard garden. It's a, it's a process. It's an ongoing process. In fact, the entire experience of a botanical method aquarium boils down to a process and a pace that helps foster the gradual yet inexorable evolution of the aquarium. It embraces patience and the ephemeral nature of things. And let there be no doubt, a botanical method aquarium does evolve over time, and it regularly and steadily changes and progresses, as we've mentioned many times before. It might be the perfect expression of the Japanese concept of wabi-sabi, popularized by, you know, Takashi Amano, which is the acceptance of transience and imperfection. That's the essence of a botanical method aquarium. That ephemeral pace, if you will, a slow but beautiful journey into the wonders of nature. I know it sounds very romantic, but... It's pretty cool, and it's all held together by you, the aquarist, applying as much emotion and instinct as you do procedure, soft skills, I guess we call it, all done in the proper time, at the right pace, all the while understanding that nature will follow her path with minimal intervention on our parts, just as she's done for eons in the wild. It's pretty exciting. Stay observant, stay patient, stay calm, stay diligent, stay measured, and always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tin and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.